The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Hey, thank you all for joining us here on Plant Profits. I am Vern Davis, your host. Plant Profits is fueled and, uh, by Protus Global People Solutions. And uh, today, um, I ha- I'm going to have some fun with uh, someone who's been uh, in the adult consumable business for 25 years, uh, mostly with adult beverage, uh, in the adult beverage industry, uh, with experience in nearly every facet of the industry. Uh, she has held executive positions in marketing uh, and, and some uh, large companies. And she started off in sales, uh, which is uh, very interesting. Transition to marketing, innovation, et cetera. And companies I'm very familiar with, like Diageo and Foster's Wine Estates and, and other companies. Uh, so I'm looking forward to, to this conversation Uh, My conversation today is uh, Tracy Mason. Tracy is co-founder and she is the CEO, Chief Executive Officer of House of Saka. And uh, I think you guys are going to be amazed about this product and uh, what she, her partners and her team are doing with it. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. How are you, Tracy? I'm well. I'm well. It's kind of early out here, but I'm doing well. (laughs) I'm, I'm yeah. excited to be here. That's great. So Tracy's out in Napa, California, waking up early to have some fun with me on Plant Profits. I'm glad you're here. Uh, it's a pleasure, really. Oh, that's great. Hey, you you must be a popular person. You must be out there. Uh, your your uh, uh, product, uh, Saka, is uh, just a beautiful, beautiful thing to pr- to behold, and it's very interesting concept that you put into place here to bring a, a product to this world, uh, and it's uh, really exciting. Um, but uh, today, I, I really want to learn about that, and I also want to start out by by really getting to you know. Uh, now, you went to school at St. Joe. Now, is that St. Joe in Philadelphia? It is. Go oh. on. There you go. Now, exactly, exactly. Um, uh, I used to do a lot of recruiting from St. Joe's when I was in the industry. Now, I don't know if you know this or if you took a look, but we were in the same place at the same time at one point. I did not know that. Yeah. So you worked at Diageo um, back in the late 90s is when you got there, if I'm not mistaken. You're correct. Now, I left in the summer of 2000. Where were you? What, what division? I, I, I was uh, all, all beverages. I was on the West Coast. I was a division vice president uh, for uh, the parts of the East Coast. I mean, parts of the West Coast. We must have, our paths must have crossed. Yeah, we, 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 I, you know, I was thinking about this. I said, Tracy and I've been in the same meetings somewhere, somehow, someplace. And, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, because at that time, mm-hmm. in, the, in the early 2000s, I was the head of um, 
ethnic and looking for Diageo. So I was, I was doing all the marketing for LGBT and mm -hmm. for um, Hispanic and African-American. Mm -hmm. And so I was developing all of those programs. So I was all over the country. I wasn't just kind of in my office in, in Connecticut. Yeah, but I was gone. When you were doing that, I was gone. So I was gone. I left in 2000. And, and in 2000, you were just transitioning out of, um, I think, when did you run Connecticut? When did you run Connecticut as on the sales side, dis and distributor manager? I want to say 98 ish 98 99 yeah. i was there but i was on the west coast okay i was i was on the west coast and earlier in my career when it was hubline right i i was uh new england i ran new england and connecticut was uh was my market was one of my markets uh uh so i probably know some of the same people for sure absolutely i'm sure absolutely right. and foster's wine my goodness um, I, I know 50 people that worked at Foster's Wine, I'm sure. So that's great, which is now Treasury Wine Estates, most, you know, in, in all intents and purposes. But no, it's, it's, it's great. So you grew up, uh, you grew up in the Philadelphia area? No, I grew up in Eastern Long Island. My sister wound up going to college. She was the first one out the door to college and wound up going to Cabrini College, which is a really small private college outside of Philadelphia. Yeah. And going to visit her. Um, it felt far enough away enough from far away enough from home to be away from home, but close <laughs> enough to family. Um, and so I would chose between Villanova and St. Joe's and I just preferred the energy at St. Joe's com comparative to Villanova. Not Villanova. There's anything wrong with it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. Well, they, from what I recall, they had a great program in consumer products. Is that right? They did and do. They were one of the leading food um, food mm -hmm. marketing uh, programs in the country. I, however, was a politics major. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, who would figure? <laughs> so, yeah, my my aspirations of becoming an attorney were were uh, quickly thwarted when I was asked to sell wine for a distributor in in Napa. And my sort of gap, I mean, in a, in Philadelphia, my gap year, and never looked back from there. Unbelievable. Um, what what made adult beverage attractive to you to make it part of your career? You know, I think it's one of those things that I just mm -hmm. sort of fell into. Um, I waitressed yeah. my way and bartended my way through college. And then Got it. Um, my intention was to start law school. And mm -hmm. I got graduated college in 90, 1990. I was going to start in 91. Mm -hmm. And so I took that year and I was bartending and just kind of becoming less naive about the world in which I lived. And, uh, and I had traveled abroad my, the, my senior year. So I got a little bit of an education there. And then one day someone approached me and honestly said, we're hiring. We think you'd be great at selling wine. What do you think? And I said, I'll give it a shot. And I did. And I got my $21,000 paycheck and my new suit from like dress barn or something <laughs> and uh and kind of went from there but at that time i was the only female um salesperson in our company and i was one of the wow. very few few female reps across any alcohol beverage in the entire you know state metropolitan area so right it was a very different experience then because you know there was mostly mo largely male buyers i would be able to see them more quickly than 
men, you know, it was sort of like that era where it was like the guys who were really bitter and they had rain, lots of rings and, you know, <laughs> so uh, that was my sort of competition in the space. So I just took advantage of that and, uh, and, and rose through the ranks rather, rather quickly. Well, you know, that's, that's interesting. So I got in the industry back in uh, the late 80s. Okay, so I, I beat you to the industry, but I was in. I was in. I was selling toothpaste. Colgate. Yeah, yeah, no, I was selling uh, Aquafresh uh, toothpaste and a bunch of other products for a company called Beecham Products out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, it, it it was so the industry called me because they were trying. Uh, to get a different thought process, uh, a more consumer products thought process in the industry. So if you look back into the late 80s, early 90s, when you were getting in, into the industry and I was getting into the industry, if you look back at the careers of those folks in the industry, it's very interesting to see they did very well, the ones that stayed with it. Uh, they did they did very well. And, um, and, and I'm seeing because of what I do at Protoss Global People Solutions, I'm seeing a resurgence of that thought process because diversity is very important. Um, and, and how do you get it in an industry that is renowned for not having any? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I know you do a lot of work in that area, but um, uh, yeah, so uh, you went off, got into sales, doing well, and you moved up rapidly and but you also kept you stayed in sales for a while i mean I, you know if you look at your background you would think that's where she's going to be right but something happened what happened well i think any great any great marketer should have some level of mm -hmm. sales experience because i think in, in in any organization which i've worked there's always been this rub between sales and marketing that yeah you know marketing is developing these great programs that sales won't execute and sales perception is marketing is developing all of these programs that are impossible to execute and they don't get mm -hmm. it and they don't understand the customer and they don't understand, you know, if I've, if I've heard as an executive roles in, in the wine and spirits industry, I've heard the saying, you don't understand my market more times than I've heard. Hello <laughs> from most people. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so I think coming in and having a real, you know, having been very successful in sales, having had a lot of diverse um, uh, environments in which I was functioning, you know, from, you know, control markets to DC, which is his own little market to, you know, all over the Northeast to running New Jersey, which is, I think the second largest market. Um, I mean, third largest market in the country. So I had a lot of legitimacy and I was one of those people who kept raising my hand at, at our national sales meeting saying, okay, hold on. You told us the strategy on Bailey's was to be layered, super focused on Bailey's and coffee. That's our, like, that's what we need to push. Yeah. But then all the programs that you're giving us are surrounding shots. I'm like, where do those two things come together? And, and so they brought me into marketing eventually, you know, it's sort of the squeaky wheel kind of person. Right. And I'm also highly creative and they brought me into marketing to, to, uh, to, start this new ethnic and lifestyle marketing um ah, because at it. that point you know the the rise of the lgbtq mm -hmm. q 
community and visibility because remember that was like Ellen and Katie Lang and Melissa Etheridge and the Pet Shop Boys and John uh, George Michael. I mean, it was everywhere. And we you're 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 absolutely right. And and I want to get into that when we get back, and because that leads me down a road I, I'd like to take with you. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll continue our discussions with Tracy Mason, who's the CEO and co-founder of House of Saka. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits are fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. Thank you. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The plant profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I am Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. Today, we're we're spending some time uh, really having a, a cool chat with Tracy Mason. Tracy Mason is an adult consumable expert. She's uh, held leadership positions in the adult beverage industry, and she's now uh, is doing something very interesting with Saka. And uh, it's, it's very cool. And uh, Trish, she's the CEO and co-founder of that business. Tracy, we were just talking about uh, you were being very successful in sales and it was being recognized and 
and uh, you started having some different thoughts about how brands and some inconsistencies on how brands were being marketed and what it all meant. And uh, you got yourself kind of involved in that. And there was a, there was, that was an interesting time uh, when that was happening. Tell us about that. You know, one of my colleagues in the industry in the cannabis industry has made the mm -hmm. statement that you can kind of, and has, you know, there's books that kind of support this, that you can kind of follow the history of the world through the beverages that we drink. And I think that, you know, having been in the wine and spirits industry for 30 years and watched the evolution, you know, new emerging consumers, new emerging mm -hmm. markets. And, and it became very clear that we needed to have different ways of marketing our products to different consumer groups against different need states and different occasions. And so what right. was really fascinating, and, and I'm still seeing it now, you know, I'm seeing how a really well-positioned brand that's really highly tar targeted to a specific consumer need state and a specific consumer um, occasion against a very specific consumer group can be really powerful. And if you do that really well, then those products tend to lean into other consumer groups because they influence one another. Um, and so, you know, what I really did at Diageo in the beginning when I first joined marketing was kind of bring that to the, to, to that to the forefront, bringing the fact that you know, gay and lesbian consumers were were a massive, massive purchase purchasers, particularly of white spirits. Um, uh -huh. And and, but what was the brand that they were going to choose, right? And so when when you're working like that and you're thinking about consumers and what they're doing, yeah. a big company like Diageo or um, Constellation, it becomes not necessarily about will our consumers drink our product. It becomes about why will they choose our product? Mm -hmm. And so um, mm -hmm. giving consumers a reason, validation for the choices that they make is really what marketing became over the course of the last 20 years. And, and giving, like lending a, a, an ear of authenticity to a brand, supporting causes that are important to the groups that, that, that you're looking to attract um, right. is, has really been, I think, what, how the industry has shifted. It's not just putting a product on a shelf and and having you know a sexy white guy drinking it. It's about who do we want to drink this product? Why is it good for them? Why does it you know marry to their circumstances? And and developing products and developing both products because that's the next thing I got into was new product development. Mm -hmm. um, so developing new products and positioning existing products towards and pointing them towards uh, consumer groups that we were looking to expand um, our drinking occasions into their worlds. Yeah, so this creativity that you have, it really led to some interesting developments, right? You you were on the forefront of some interesting consumer trends and developments from a packaging and from a delivery perspective to consumers. Talk about some of that. Yeah, I mean, that's been, that's, I think, one of the coolest things about doing what you do is that you get yeah. to you know, make a product and then actually see it come to life. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, I've done quite a, uh, quite a lot of, product development, you know, whether they're lines extensions against major brands like Smirnoff or, um, or Captain Morgan. Um, but I've also done some really exciting packaging innovations. We were, I was the first to develop and launch the world's first PET wine bottle, 750 PET. Wow. Um, yeah. Which, which I was told um, was impossible to do. And yet I had it on shelf in three months. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a level of stick that you need to have in, in that space as well. Um, you know, and now looking again, you're constantly looking at, and this is what we did certainly when we established House of Stock is, mm -hmm. is that as a marker, as a creative person, as a business person, 
you're identifying the, the landscape on which you want to play and you're saying, what are the unmet needs? And so that's growth from a product and a consumer perspective. And, you know, for House of Saka specifically, we, it was very clear to us um, that there was, there was no play really in luxury. So no one was coming out and saying, you know, we're going to set the bar super high in both our product development, how it looks, how it feels in your hand. Um, so no one was really following that. And no one was really targeting specifically the emer emerging female consumer, which is the fastest growing consumer in cannabis. So I think what I learned- So, but, you know, hold it there because I, I'm, I, I'm curious because that was a big question I have is when did you believe, um, you know, cannabis was ready for that, right? Is When did you think that cannabis ready for that? And what made you think- that wine and or the wine idea and the cannabis thing, right, uh, could work. And and what about what was happening from a consumerism that that got you there to believe that you got something here? Well, I think certainly with the the passage of Prop sixty five, okay. I always get that confused here in California that um, you know gave way gave way to to recreational cannabis, you know, laws in Canada Canada opening up it made cannabis more visible. And when, when you start to look at the benefits of the cannabis plant, um, of which there, there are so many, mm -hmm. um, and from a, both a medicinal, a therapeutic point of view, as well as relaxation tool, um, anxiety management tool, um, mm -hmm. and, and you start to compare their features and benefits, which is again, what we do in marketing, we're always talking about right. benefits. Right, features and benefits, right. And so when we, when we looked at those two, when we kind of put them side by side, the benefits um, of cannabis far outweighed the benefits of wine um, on your body, uh, socially, and, and many, I mean, not necessarily socially, that's what we were looking to change. Um, and in terms of was the industry ready for us, I would say probably not, um, but I think that's a good thing. I think- um, <laughs> You we, would say that. We were ready. <laughs> we were ready for the industry more before they were probably ready for us. and. And how that kind of brought itself to the forefront was, you know, we had we we had created this beautiful product, this beautiful brand mm -hmm. proposition. We even, you know, made the product, so we mm -hmm. knew that we could make something truly beautiful. Um, but we couldn't get it bottled because right. there was no legal way to do that in the state of California. So now, you know, obviously that's been solved, and we have the product on shelf, and it's doing really, really well. And this idea of proof of concept that, you know if you make something truly delicious, truly unique, truly special, mm -hmm. um, people will not only come to it once, but they'll come back to us, come back to it. And I think that's been our biggest, biggest win as a company is that we have a huge, huge repurchase rate um, from our consumers. So they buy it and then they keep buying it because um, it, it, it replaces the alcohol, not every alcohol occasion, but it replaces many alcohol occasions with a product that has no hangover with 16 calories or, or maybe 16 to 15 calories a glass, mm -hmm. as opposed to 150 to 180 in a glass of regular wine. Um, and, you know, without the harmful benefit, harmful effects of alcohol on your body, you know, on your I think that's, I think that's a big deal, you know, is that you're, you're, you're drinking something cleaner than, than you, you think, but it looks like something else. You know, uh, that's, 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 that, I think that's, um, 
I think that's quite interesting. I, I do. And, and I want to, when we're going to take a break, but when we get back, I really want to uh, dive into some things about uh, the blocking and tackling of, of where do you go from here and, and why the why of this from, will it be successful and what's going to happen next in the space, um, et cetera. And we'll continue our discussion with Tracy Mason, the CEO and co-founder of House of Saka. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, fueled by Produce Global People Solutions. Thank you. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Yo, 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 this your boy TJ, Trinidad James. You listen to Dr. Bina on Cannabis Confidential. LA, what up? People were so excited to see you supporting our industry. And it's so important to see people who are mainstream, who are out there, that people look up to. That was my first one ever going to. So that was definitely a big deal for me. It's not just, oh man, just come smoke a bunch of joints. It's a lot of science into it. It's way more interesting than a lot of people might think would look down, per se, on what we enjoy. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, welcome back. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. Uh, my guest today is Tracy Mason. Tracy is uh, a 25-year uh, veteran of adult consumables. Tracy uh, is a co-founder of House of Saka, and she is a CEO. But Tracy, really, uh, tell me, I really want to go back to really how you put this business together. You have, you have a partner or partners. Tell me about that. Tell me about those relationships and, and why that works to get where you are today with this sure. house of soccer. Yeah, sure. I mean, I was, I was kind of brought on board by Cynthia Salarizada, who is okay. my, who's my co-founder. Um, okay. And really she was the brainchild behind 
the brand and the concept of House of Saga. So, okay. or, or of the Saga infused wine notion. When we came together, House of Saga was established because we felt we could really lay a foundation of um, a brand halo under which we could hang other products that were aligned with our luxury positioning, you know, whether that's bath products or beauty products, but certainly okay. led by, by wine. And so when okay. Cynthia established this company and was looking for the CEO, she reached out to um, other women that she knew in the wine industry and said, who, who do you think could do this? You know, um, and pretty much universally, they came, kept coming back and mentioning my name. Okay. So, cause I've always been a zigger when everyone else acts, I've, I've been a, uh, you know, I'm a pretty fierce individual and, um, and if I want to get something done, I just get it done. And, mm -hmm. uh, and that's what you need to do in this industry. I mean, you're, ability to forge forward against extremely difficult odds is, is really mm -hmm. is really important anyway so cynthia and i met um she's also she's from jersey i'm from new york yeah so uh we share that certain edge um she's also half persian and uh -huh. and that's where the saka comes from so the saka are an ancient group of female warriors said to have ruled the world and conquered all they desired um which cynthia discovered when she is experienced when she was a when she was researching her own heritage um, in at University of Pennsylvania, so um, you know what I read that on the web on the website. Your website is um, first of all, it's all beautiful. The packaging is beautiful. So, folks, I know you you may not can see it here, but hopefully you can get a chance to see it. The packaging is beautiful. It's well presented, but the words on the website about uh, the House of Saka or Saka. And what that all means, you know, the importance in civilization to use these words that are just beautiful to see and to hear and to roll off your lips and think about. And then, you know, it's real a, a classic uh, version of how you create a brand, right? You tell a right. deep story and then you have connections. And then when you go on the website and you read it, right, you, you can see that it's, you know, it's a woman focused product. Mm -hmm. And we're an all-field company, you know, all-female uh, company. We're yeah. LGP. I always get that wrong, but LG, LGBTQ um, yeah. owned. Even though I am one, I always get it wrong. So forgive <laughs> me. Um, That's funny. <laughs> and so we're all female, and you know, and we have this incredible executive team. That's yeah. You know, with me, with thirty years of experience um, with big companies in marketing sales and, and new product development, Cynthia with who's prolific in cannabis and then yeah. particularly on the public on the publicity side and public relations. And then Sue Bukorski, who's our COO CFO, who did 30 years of constellation brands and top executive yeah. roles. So yeah, I think you know what separates us as a company is that we're we're truly the only company that's playing in beverage that has that level and depth of experience in alcohol beverage. So when you walk into a Safeway or you walk into a liquor store, you're going to see brands that Sue and I have created already on the shelves. So we know what we're doing. And sure. So our attention to detail is, is so, so important to us. And, um, and I think that's why our product really is so good and, and has such a clear and definitive position relative to the other products in the marketplace. No, that's great. How do you know women are going to buy it? Well, they certainly have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it going to? And do you understand the magic and the relationship? Because that's what you do, right? I mean, that's that's your role in that relationship is to really keep it moving. And and I mean, you're 
listening to whatever the consumers are saying to that you can expand the product line, whatever it needs, or is it going to be a, a, a you know a, a white and a and a red type product? What 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 are you doing with that? So I mean, women are buying it. I think really for all the mm-hmm. reasons. So I mean, I think a lot of people are starting to explore cannabis. Mm-hmm. Like, what can cannabis do for me? What can CBD specifically do for me? Yeah. And and yet there's so much stigma around the category when it comes to vaping and smoking and and traditional means of consumption of of consumption. Even even edibles. Like, there's so much downside to edibles because it takes up to two hours before you feel the effect. So you have no idea what 10 milligrams is going to make you feel like for a long time. And then when you feel it, you might not want to feel that way. Whereas Saka, you know, because of its high bioavailability, you feel the effects Mm -hmm. like you would alcohol within five to 15 minutes of consumption. Mm -hmm. And so you can really meter your dose accordingly, um, which is exciting. And so um, it gives uh, consumers an opportunity to get home from work, have that ritual, open a bottle of wine, pour Mm -hmm. a glass, have that same sort of let your hair down, let your shoulders drop moment but without all the calories the alcohol the hangover um but also not being stigmatized by smoking or vaping or or anything like that so you still have that you know you know when you see people in a party that aren't drinking alcohol they're still drinking a lot Mm -hmm. so it it also provides that it provides another vehicle to to be part of the party you know if you're if you're a teetotaler for example Mm -hmm. um and so i think and that's I think people are buying it because of that proposition. I think they're buying it because they can relate to the storytelling and being a female warrior. I mean, certainly in, in I was just watching before I got on the call with you um, with Gator, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's funeral. And, yeah. and I think, you know, badass women are important to society. You know, I think- Badass I mean, women are. <laughs> uh, and, and guess what? Uh, uh, Notorious RBG, she, she's a badass. Yeah, she was. God bless did, her. God bless her. And so, look, I, I'm going to ask you one last question, and I'm, I'm going to take you right where you were going, is when when you think of her, you know, what effect has she had on what you do today? I mean, I don't think there's a woman in America that couldn't say the effect that she had on what I do or what mm-hmm. any of us do has been profound. I mean, she brought women i mean we're not quite there yet let's be crystal clear we still make less than men and uh you know and certainly um you know recent elections we we've seen that women still defer to men and in certain very important um Mm -hmm. decisions which is highly depressing but what when it comes to what notorious did was she 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 leveled the playing field to the extent that she could and then she you know she allowed all of us to then take that baton and keep running it down the field and and prove ourselves. Now, I, you know, I grew up in the alcohol industry in, in my career, and uh, it's still a very misogynist um, culture, especially on the distributor side. And even Absolutely. cannabis, even mm-hmm. cannabis, while it's quickly evolving very, very quickly, and there's a tremendous, tremendous amount more of female leadership, and, and it still is, it still has a lot of that machismo kind of energy to it. And so I think one of the reasons that we're able to be successful is that we're used to it. Like we can push our mm-hmm. way through that and, mm-hmm. uh, and just manage to do what we need to do. And I think, you know, she was inspiring and she gave all of us, all women, the opportunity to choose. As, you know, if you want to stay home and be a mom, that's wonderful. I think that's great. 
Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to, then don't. That's wonderful too. Yeah, and uh, so absolutely. Choice, and that's a beautiful thing. And no, absolutely, she's awesome. And thank you for that. I appreciate that, and I think our audience will appreciate the fact that um, your perspective on the notorious RBG. I, I think that's uh, that's that's awesome. Uh, and and Tracy, uh, thank you. And I wish. Uh, you and your partners and team, and and I just wish you guys all the best. I think you've created a beautiful product. Um, and I tell you, you know, consumers buy with their eyes, and uh, you're winning. I tell you what, yeah. that the product is beautiful. So I think that's great. Um, Tracy Mason, co-founder and CEO of House of Saka. Thank you for joining us. Thank you all for joining us. You can download episodes of Plant Profits by going to CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis Radio is my partner here, and they are amazing. We have an amazing relationship. Or you can subscribe at wherever you get your podcast fix, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all major uh, podcast portals. Uh, follow Produce Global, Produce Global People Solutions at all your social networks, right, including LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And finally, learn more about how at Protus Global, we are building companies and changing people's lives at protusglobal.com, P-R-O-T-I-S, global.com. I am Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Thank you. Until next time, cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.